The Clee Gain. That's savage. Clee Gain in his angsty teenage years. Ah, oh, your brother is a stupid cunt. Your brother is a stupid cunt. Your brother is a stupid cunt. I'm ready. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Brotherhood your favorite full spoiler review podcast of George R. R. Martin's Song of Ice and Fire series, starting with the Game of Thrones. As always, I am Zach, and sitting here with me is my indomitable host, Nate. Yeah, I'm not displeased with your intro. Yeah, no, I just wanted to give like a sweet one. adjective before you introducing cool. you, cool. so I thought that'd be sweet. Yeah. We uh we like to read Game of Thrones here and then talk about it, discuss it, analyze it. Full spoiler. Full spoiler. Dumbledore dies. We've yeah. done that joke already. But this is for... We yeah. can't recycle content. All right. Anyway. That was poor form. Poor choice. Yeah. Poor choice of spoilers to give away. Darth Vader's Luke's father. Yeah, that that's the common knowledge, though. Whoa. That's common knowledge. Like, I'm pretty sure now babies come out born knowing Vader is Luke's dad. Holy shit. Oh, shit. I didn't know I even get notifications That's there. your fucking last chance, so. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> anyway, last uh, episode, we, I almost said last week. You almost did. Last episode, we read Sansa 5, and Sansa was joining the first court session of Joffrey, King Joffrey's new rule in reign, and it was pretty much what we would expect from it, a lot of yeah. bullshit and sort of Bury pretending them. that things aren't the way they are and acting like everything's okay. Yeah, so we got the decrees from Pycelle that all of the lords, basically, that are opposing Joffrey right now are to come and swear fealty. Walls. We also hear that Jano Slint has been promoted and he's been made a lord. Frog And cunt. he is now the lord of Harrenhal. Dumb bitch. And he is the... He's on the small council. Little pussy. Fucking Zach does not like Slint. I hate Jano Slint. Great. Everyone should. Then uh, Barry the Bold was Dismissed. Yeah, and it was bullshit. He was provided, told he'd be given a stout by Tywin Lannister, provided for time by Tywin Lannister, given a stout keep by the sea with some land and some men to, and he a hall to die in and men to bury. Absolutely badassly refused to yeah. deal with that. shit. So we know that Barry the Bold is now going undercover, incognito, into King's Landing, down into the shit parts. Yeah, of that. Joffrey uh, ordered him seized. He he didn't like the way he was talking about Stannis and everything and claimed, oh, maybe he's making some ploys with my uncle, but we know no one fucks with Sir Barristan, so he's gonna sneak back into the city, which they'd never expect, and then make his way to the free cities. But, because we were kind of recording a little quickly, we didn't get all the inductees that were sent in onto the Sansa episode, yeah, so we'd like yeah. to read some now. So, we did get, we heard from the Not-So-Silent Sisters, and the rumors of their demise were unfounded. Yes. Which... We lost our shit. Cheeky, cheeky, cheeky. Spectacular. Spectacular. So, for their, for Sansa, for this chapter, Unsepta Brandy, we'll be inducting the irrepressible Sir Barristan Selmy, the bold... For his honor, wisdom, and strength of character, but I spit on your pity. Even now I could cut through the five of you as easy as a dagger cuts cheese. You tell those fuckers, Barry. He delivers a hell of a parting speech, pinching every nerve he can. Mike drops and strides out of the hall like the boss he is. Gods love you, Barristan. And so I believe. So did did someone induct him? I know I inducted the Hound, and you inducted. I maybe it was Barry. I don't know. I I don't keep I track recall, of these things. But anyway, that's a great one because that that it's just so fucked up to see. Probably like, the way they all shit on yeah, him in no. the Kingsguard last. So, so embarrassed in a bold, great inductee by the not so silent sisters. Thank you so much for writing in as always. And they have another one for today's chapter, yes. which will be so the end. So we also have another inductee for Sansa Five that was just a little bit late. Very, you just missed it by just like a hair. Just missed it barely, but we'll From sneak it in. Our friend in France, Julian. What up, Julian? What up, Julian? And so Julian. he he did say he hopes he's not too late because he's busy as a bee and heard we were gonna go fast. You were too late. But you stay busy, man. Do your shit. We'll read them out. No worries. And so for Sansa 5, he brings in also Barry the Bull. Hey, there we go. His his note on that one. 
He should have cut the cake. He should have cut the cake. Even now, I could cut through the fire of you like carving a cake. But in the books, remember, it's cheese. It's cheese, but Cake is okay. a show, but I do I love really Barry like in the, the show. I love the show. One. And Zach actually commented after we recorded uh, that episode that he actually likes the, the cake line. I do. I just, honestly, I feel like it's easier to cut through cake than cheese. So, like... It what just makes no- it seem more insulting to compare them to a pastry, like, essentially, you know? <laughs> like, it just seems softer to me, so it feels more insulting, more powerful, and, like, you're like, yeah, this motherfucker would slice them up good. Like, I'd want right a to- slice of that cake. <laughs> I bet that's some good Perfect. cake. So, Julian also has an inductee for Ned, and we will get to that at the end, as always. Thank you for writing in, Julian. So, yeah, Sansa's chapter there wrapped up with her promising that Ned Stark would come and confess to his treasons, his vile treasons, and beg mercy. And Sansa swears that he will. Oh, he will, he will. And so, ladies and gentlemen, for the very last time on this podcast, we are covering a Ned Eddard Stark. Eddard 15, the last chapter for Lord Eddard Stark before his untimely demise in a few more chapters. It begins with the fact that the straw on the floor reeks of urine. There were no windows, no bed, and not even a slop bucket. He remembered glimpses of a door when he was dragged in here in the red walls, but once the door was shut, he saw no more. The darkness was absolute. He had as well be blind. Yeah. And he... So, I... God, it was just that... Like, this... So, this chapter is very straightforward, but there's a lot of just yeah because of the foreshadowing. Ned Stark is in the red cells beneath yes. the red keep. He's and, been taken captive. Yeah, and, and, and it's shit. The, the these cells are among legend as some of the worst, one of the worst prisons to be in. It's just so dark. They're so deep. Men have been known to go mad or insane or disappear and all sorts of creepy shit. So, yeah, you're just locked in darkness with your own thoughts, and it slowly works on you. And Ned, who we know is injured with his broken leg, is really struggling. Fevering, I'm sure. Having a hard time. And so that brings his mind to his time with Robert in the crypts of Winterfell. He thinks that he had as well be blind or dead and buried with his king. And so he's feeling that sort of suffocation of this darkness. And now I think it's neat that uh, the Stark thinking, you know. When he's dead, he needs to be dead and buried with his king, but then he immediately thinks of the Crypts of Winterfell. Mm-hmm. He thinks of his death and the Crypts of Winterfell. Like, it's just that. Inherently tied. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's, he begins to think of Robert while his leg is throbbing, and he remembers Robert's jest in the Crypt of Winterfell. The kings of winter looking on with their cold stone eyes. The king eats and the hand takes the shit, Robert had said, but he had gotten it wrong. The king dies, and the hand is buried. Fucking love that line. God damn. Yeah. That's brutal. Yeah, that's and it's God, it's accurate. That's like, it. The, the king was killed. In this scenario, the king was killed, and the hand was blamed for it. The hand is buried by the, this death. You know, it's all-encompassing. So. Yeah. So God, it's just such a good one. Yeah, he has a, a fleeting thought about Magor the Cruel. Who yeah. created? He had the the castle built. The Red Keep was built by uh, Magor the Cruel, not personally, but he had all the laborers who worked or did anything on the Red Keep murdered to hide all the secrets. He wanted nobody but himself. I'd like to imagine that, like, Magor didn't initially start out as Magor the Cruel because who'd want to go to work for that guy? So, like, at first he was, like, Magor the Cool. And he's, like, you know, like, on lunch breaks, they're all, like, doing shots of milk of the poppy and shit, getting a little freaky on work and shit. And then when it was completed, he was like, ha, fucker's dead. And then he was like, Magor the Cruel the whole time. Gotcha. Not cool no more. But he spells it like King Cruel. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah, he does. Oh, fucking asshole. Magor. So, yeah, Ned thinks that, yeah, so they uh, he killed all the Masons so that they would never reveal the secrets of the Red Keep. Yeah, Ned damns everybody. Fuck them all. Fuck them all. Including Janos Slint, the Gold Cloaks, the Queen, even, the Kingslayer, even Old Bitch, Pycelle, Varys, Sir Barristan, mm. even Poor Lord man. Renly, who ran when he was needed most. Yet, he blamed himself worst of all. Fool, he cries out to the darkness. Thrice damned fool. Just like that thrice damned she-wolf. Yeah, that's right. I forgot about thrice And it says that Cersei Lannister's face seemed to float before him in the darkness, her hair full of sunlight, but her smile full of mockery. 
When you play the Game of Thrones, you win or you die, she whispered. Ned played and lost, and his men paid for his folly with their life's blood. I uh, I just really like that the only light he's seeing is the sunlight of is Cersei. Is the sunlight of Cersei's hair just and it's you know clearly hallucinatory. He's not there's not actually a floating head there. Mm. Yeah, I mean maybe who knows? Yeah, who knows? Like, the fucking right key. I uh, hope not. There's not Oz down I'm, there. I'm pretty sure that it's just him hallucinating, and it's just funny that contrast of yeah. you're losing your mind, and the only sanity you want is that light. The only light you're getting is fucking Cersei. And then again, it's we've paid a lot of attention to the lighting around Cersei, right, and right. so it's another. And it says that thinking of his daughters, Ned would gladly weep, but the tears would not come. Even now, he was a Stark of Winterfell. His grief and rage froze hard inside him. And I just like that. Just I, say he's beyond that point now of the, like where it's just despair on such a level that weeping will do nothing. I, th- I think that's just showing, again, the uh, help Martin really pushing into it as a Stark trait. Because, you know, that's definitely going to be an inherent one with Yeah, Arya these are strong people. They're, and... they're not going to collapse in on themselves as much as they want to, and they're aware that they could. As much as Sansa moment. does early on. Yeah, Maybe she but doesn't she doesn't. Ever actually she doesn't. She still, much, she, she's not Jane Poole. She's terrified in every chapter, but she still goes. Yeah. Like, oh, I don't want to do this, but I have to, so I'm getting dressed yeah, and going. So, so I think it definitely shows the, the power of the Starks. That's it, is we get Sansa compared to this sort of strength, this Ned Stark yeah, sitting in the red exactly. cells alone with a broken leg. At, you know, like, this is the worst fucking day I could think of is – you know, a broken leg, so you're automatically uncomfortable. You're just ha- you're just in pain and fucking. Well, then it being uh, back then, I'm sure there's infection. That's it. It says that it's hot under the cast. He's it's trying hot to get... in King's Landing, and so you throw that cast on there. It's infected and hot and burning. He's gonna get fevers. He's gonna. It's gonna and they be don't give a shit wild. about his health down here. You oh, know? absolutely. So not. it's just it's but we get that contrasted with Sansa's strength, where Sansa is a prisoner of war and is a hostage and if she doesn't do what she's told she's going to be beaten by Joffrey now, and so it's this yeah. different sort of well, strength. We always compare her unfortunately to Sansa or to Arya and Bran and their journeys but we got to remember that Sansa she's in the worst possible scenario for her style of character. Yeah, yeah. I mean no technically like cuz Arya's in place to be her best self in the situations she's in. She's training the way she is. Live your best life, girl. Bran is doing the same thing north of the wall. Yeah. What he's capable of. This is Sansa, this intrigue, this political... Yeah, 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 playing at the court. she's where she should be, and she does great with it. It's not going to be the same style of development. Well, no, I mean, that's it. Sansa's like With Arya, we get training sessions and, you know, these little combat montages and combat right, right. quips. Train. Whereas with Sansa, we it's get her sitting with the Lady of Thorns. Sitting with Littlefinger. And Littlefinger and, and Cersei. Fu- yeah. And, and getting these these knowledge and bits on how to advance her. I, I don't know why that developed, developed into like a Sansa like defensive position, but I kind of like it. But we'll move Word. it back anyway, to this one. Yeah. So it said that keeping his leg as still as possible meant less pain, so he tried to sit unmoving. For how long... He had no clue. He slept and woke and slept all in darkness, and he didn't know which was more painful, the waking or the sleeping. When he slept, when he slept, he dreamt dark, disturbing dreams of blood and broken promises. And when he woke, all he could do was think, and his waking thoughts were worse than nightmares. So he thinks of Cat, which st- stings him. Where was she? What's she doing? Would he ever see her again? Yeah. He just he realizes that it's kind of the end of the line for him here. This isn't. It ain't looking good for old Nedard Stark under the under the red. Yeah, and he's here. realizing that for the most part. But then he kind of starts thinking of his men that he sent out and all the different forces. Yeah. Um, in particular, Beric Dondarrion, who we've been getting a lot of yeah stuff just in the last few chapters. Well, he's almost hopeful because he thinks that uh, this. He he thinks of how Alan and Harwin how they would slay Sir Gregor and return to King's Landing, and Cat would raise the Northern men when she reached uh, when word reached her that he was captured, and the Lords of River and Mountain would a uh, Mountain of the Vale would join. Yeah, he's just like, because of where he is, his his lack, lack of knowledge, knowledge yeah. is giving him this absolute false hope that yeah. he doesn't realize is already all quashed. Alan and Harwin are already dead. Fucking. 
Yeah, know, the, 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 the North is already on the march, but the Vale is the not joining refusing. them. River runs under siege. Like, it's it's a shit show out there for all these things he's hoping for. Yeah. You're fucked, bro. It also mentions that at this point he's been beginning to talk aloud just to hear some yes. noise because it's just alone in the dark. He can only hear his breathing. And it says that he starts to think of Robert more and more and more and seeing the king as he had been in youth, tall and handsome, antlered helm and war hammer in hand, and Ned can hear his laughter in the dark. Look at us, Ned. How did we come to this? You here and me killed by a pig. We want a throne together, God damn it. And Ned thinks, I failed you, Robert. He thinks it because he couldn't say the words. Yeah, he's and he starts saying, like, I, I lied to him. I hid the truth from him. I let them kill you. Mm. And so he's referring to all his past discretions there, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, the, all the Liana and Rhaegar lies, the Jon Snow, as well as keeping Joffrey And I let these, these lies kill you. Yeah, I let yeah. this obsession with Liana lead to your I hatred for your sister. I could have squashed that and said that she loved Rhaegar. She yeah. didn't love you at all, ever. And then you might have had and that affection towards Cersei. And then you could have moved on, potentially, yeah. yeah. And so these lies corrupted you and destroyed you as well. Yeah, absolutely. And it said that uh, the king heard him. You stiff-necked fool, he muttered, too proud to listen. Can you eat pride, stock? Will your honor shield your children? And it says at this point, cracks ran down his face, fissures opening in the flesh. He reached up and ripped the mask away, and it was not Robert at all. It was Littlefinger, grinning, mocking. And when he opened his mouth to speak, his lies turned to pale gray moths and took wing. So, obviously, we have a hundred things right here to go through real fast. Um, the faceless men. We'll start there. The pulling off the He's face, ripping a face right one off the other. and completely changing. I also think that there could potentially be some kind of allusions towards Stoneheart and the... The cracked face. The cracked looks face. Looks almost like a bust of some ripping sort. Ripping at the face, yeah. you know. The fissures. Um, but little finger, little finger behind yes. it, yeah. behind it all, behind essentially. It all. Behind yes. all the games is behind little finger. Right. And then... The moths. The moss. The gray, the gray, pale gray moss that took uh, his lies, essentially. So the colors have become a thing again in this chapter where we keep getting a lot of dark, 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 black darkness. But here's the lies. But that are here's gray. The, li- the gray lies. And that's and what Ned his lies Stark have always been this whole in story. That gray right. lies. Because he had that one big lie, and his whole life is ba- based on that pri- the, the honor system there. And so they, it's showing that the lies are always a shade of gray. That, you know, it, it the lie well, always as far depends. As, oh, excuse me. As far as Ned is concerned, it right. is. Like, with Littlefinger, we know that's not always true. Littlefinger is yeah. self-serving. Ned Stark, he believes that the lie he told was honorable. Keeping it from everybody was the honorable thing to do to protect this innocent child, we assume. So... His his lie and Ned Stark himself live in this very gray, gray area. And so I think that's what it's re- meant to represent. Not so much. I don't think these are meant to represent Littlefinger's lies. No, no, no. I, no. Meant to, I think they're meant to represent yeah. Ned Stark's well, lies. Well, that's what I'm saying. Because Littlefinger's would have turned black and decayed. And... Right. And that's what I was saying is that it's showing because Ned had mentioned his uh, back in like one of the ones where he was meeting with a small council. And he had mentioned that his lie, how, why is his lie better than other lies? Yeah, yeah. And why keeping, is he a better? And exactly. And we had discussed the different shades of gray at that point. So his lies, again, There's it's. 50 of them. It's. <laughs> Sorry. You're... I apologize for that. That was trash. That was smut. That was smut. We don't read smut here. We don't read smut. Anyway. Yes, so. The gray moss. I'm going to be on the lookout for moths now, too. Yeah, the color scheme really seems significant in this chapter because he even had, like, the pale gray ghosts that accompanied him in the nightmare and the dream. So I also immediately thought, because it helps that we did our Theon episode. Yeah. Um, There's the Night of the Moths. Night of the Moths, yeah. And so... Lies. I don't want to... I don't know. That's what. That's why I want to look at moths now mm-hmm. and see if it's see supposed if to be the color gray yeah. or if it's just a one-off type deal or if it's a continued theme. Yeah. Well, uh, Ned was half asleep when he hears footsteps down the hall at first thinking that he's dreaming. And he's feverish at this point. The door creaks open, the light hurts his eyes, and a gaoler shoves a cool gray jug at him, and Ned grabs it and eagerly gulps the water within, drinking until he thinks he may be sick. 
and he asks how long, saying that the gaoler was a scarecrow of a man with a rat's face and a frayed beard in a male shirt and leather half cape. No talking, he says. And the jug is wrenched from him, like the end. And so Ned asks, you know, please, my daughters, and the door just slams shut, and he curls up, the light gone again. And so it says that he could no longer tell the difference between waking and sleeping. So we're getting a pretty long passage of time here. He's falling deeper and deeper into his fever. Ned Stark is not doing so well. And the memory came upon him as vivid as a dream, which means he's awake. And he's thinking about this. It's a memory to start. And uh, he was 18 again, down from the Erie to the tourney at Harrenhal. <sighs> Warm days and cool nights and sweet wine. He remembered Brandon's laughter and Robert's berserk valor in the melee. Jamie Lannister, a golden youth in scaled white armor, kneeling in front of the king's pavilion, making his vows to protect King Ares. The white bull Gerald Hightower himself fastening the cloak of the king's guard about his shoulders. Yet, when the jousting began, the day belonged to Rhaegar Targaryen. The crown prince wore the armor he would die in, gleaming black plate with three the three-headed dragon of his house wrought in rubies on his breast. Brandon fell to him, and Jan Royce, and even splendid Sir Arthur Dane, the Sword of the Morning. Robert had been jesting with John and old Lord Hunter as the prince circled the field after unhorsing Sir Barris and Selmy to claim the champion's crown. Ned remembered the moment when all the smiles died. Sorry, I'm I, I'm hearing the rubies on his chest there. I just started having this crazy idea that, like, maybe this is the first time that somebody else is acting as if they're Rhaegar. Mm-hmm. And that's why they went to Liana, and so she knew the truth. And so I'm just tripping out for a minute here trying to <laughs> see some weird shit that's probably not making any sense at all. But anyway, my bad, continue. Uh, he rode past Elia Martell, I think is where you were at, and went to Liana yeah. and placed the flowers on her lap. Yeah, Rhaegar rode his own horse, his horse past his own wife, the Dornish princess Elia Martell to lay the queen of beauty's laurel in Lyanna's lap, a crown of winter roses, blue as frost. Yeah. So this is the catalyst. Uh, I mean, like, can we all just fucking agree that R plus L equals J is confirmed at this point? Like, well, unless it's not Rhaegar here at all, and it's somebody Jesus that Christ. is... Jesus okay. Somebody that has glamoured I'm a big fan of the glamour, Rhaegar the being glamoured theory, but like... And so why, who's to say that he wouldn't have been glamoured here as well? And that's what's causing the discourse, because he shouldn't be checking out Rhaegar's wife, Elia. He saw Liana and was like, yo, I'm not Rhaegar, I want her instead. Yeah, but as far as we know, their marriage was happy, but Rhaegar wasn't especially into it. It was enthralled with Elia. It was fairly, yeah, standard. He was kind to her. They they weren't, they didn't fight or anything, but yeah. Um, You fucking dick, you got me all out of sorts. (laughs) This is this is the the catalyst of that. Us, R plus L equal Jers, I guess if it's not the whole fandom at this point, believe that this is Rhaegar's pronunciation of his affection for Lyanna. This yes. is like shame, uh, shaming and shunning his own wife. Who so also the catalyst for Lemon Gate theory, where Lem Lemon Cloak is actually a member of the King's Guard yeah. and all sorts of cool shit. But yeah, but the, 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 I mean, there, there's, this is the catalyst for the yeah, Game of Thrones series. We also series. get the the the, uh, the Night of the Laughing Tree yeah, around this like, time. This is a whole bunch of shit here. So the, the turning of hair and all—it's one of my favorite things. So. Yeah, this is essentially Rhaegar saying, fuck my wife, I choose you, you're the most beautiful woman here with this crown of roses, yes. which of course has to be the blue, stark, yes, frost, right. cold, north. Which is going to match all the White Walkers' So it eyes says that and... Ned reaches out to grasp the flowery crown, but beneath the pale blue petals, the thorns lay hidden. He felt them clawing at his skin, sharp and cruel, and he saw the slow trickle of blood run down his fingers, and he woke, trembling in the dark. Yeah. So. He had fallen asleep thinking about this memory. Well, like, do you think that this awakening is significant? Him grabbing at the the crown and it stabbing and cutting him. Like, it's, like, these pale blue roses aren't as safe as they seem type thing. Like, the beauty is masking the danger within. Seems to be the kind of thing. 
Um, there's more to meet the eye. Like, there's there's a fucking message here to be deciphered. It's just, what is it? Is it, yeah. you know, there's, like, because the crown could be a metaphor for this whole memory of there's more going on here right, than, right. And, and that's what started cutting and bleeding the realm was what had the, yeah, the secret yeah. things beneath that were happening well because it's also going to directly correlate with her death in oh absolutely a, a bed in of the bed of and roses and, and there's uh even a prophecy later on that's given of the danny sees a chinko in the wall and a blue rose growing out through it right like, right right mm-hmm. resembling john snow meant to be john snow and Leon, or liana at the so, wall right, in right. some form or another but so yeah it's just i was trying to grab like yeah, figure I, out I what that could anything. specifically mean but yeah so he he says to himself god save me i'm going mad realizing that fuck me shit's not looking so good so each time the turnkey had brought him water ned had told himself that another day passed. That was how he was trying to mark the days passing. At first, he begged for word of his daughters in the world beyond his cell, but all he got was a kick or a grunt for his troubles. And eventually it turned into him just begging for food. But it, even that was went on, on deaf, deaf ears. ears. Yeah, He thinks that if Cersei had wanted him dead, he would have died in the throne room, so she wouldn't want to kill him down here. Yeah, she's not going to let him starve to death. She wanted him alive if he was... Because if he died, Catelyn had Tyrion, right. and if he died, the Imp's life is forfeit. Yeah, so, so again, he, the lack of knowledge, he doesn't know Tyrion's already. Exactly. Not that many people do at this point. Well, that's, that's it, right. We just, I mean, it was a surprise just to Tywin. Tywin just mm-hmm. learned, yeah. And we and, actually get more where Varys still thinks he's right. missing in and the And she wants him weak and desperate, yeah. but alive. And he, he just, yeah, he's constantly croaking out for food. Because um, he heard this time the rattle of the chains as the gailer appears. Yeah. And when he croaks out food, the gailer just says wine. And the ga- this gailer was shorter, stouter than the rat-faced one. And he says, drink, Lord Eddard. And a wineskin is yep. thrust into his hand. And he has the same cape and cap, uh, spike cap, as the first gailer. Um, and he says, drink, Lord Eddard. And the voice is familiar. It takes Ned a minute to place it, but Varys, he says groggily, I'm not dreaming, you are here. And he says to himself that Varys had transformed himself into a grizzled turnkey. And he asks him, what sort of magician are you? What sort of magician are you? Now, it was his youngest daughter, Arya, who told, who told him, him there was a, a wizard, ma- a wizard who's doing who was planning to kill the mm-hmm. fucking kid. Like, right. God damn it. Yeah. The wizard is right here. The one, like a Illyri- thirsty one, because Illyrio had called him a wizard also. During mm-hmm. that. That's why she. Re- yeah, this is why Illyrio referred to him as a wizard because he can work this kind yes, of magic. Yes. He can turnkey himself up and go get information. And and if he wasn't half starved, half dead, fevered, and getting oh drunk, yeah, Ned would put that right there together. I'm sure. It. No, not at all. Too much credit for him, <laughs> but. So, yeah, Varys says a thirsty one, drink, my lord. And Ned asks him, is this the same poison that they gave to Robert? And Varys says, you you wrong me, my lord. Sadly, no one loves a eunuch. And he takes the skin and drinks himself and says, not the vintage you offered me the night of the tourney, but no more poisonous than most. And so Ned tries to swallow. And Varys tells Ned that his hour has come. Yeah, because uh, Ned complains that it's the dregs. It's dregs wine, and Varys says, All men must swallow the sour with the sweet. High lords and eunuchs alike, my lord, your hour has come. And he asks, My daughters. And Varys says, The younger girl has escaped Marin and fled. I have not been able to find I have not been able to find her. Yeah, Varys, which means the spider himself well, has not been able to find her. And I think the funniest thing is that she used. His pathways. Yeah. Of course she can. He, he, yeah, yeah. He doesn't have his little birds down whoever there. Whoever would have expected little Arya Stark to be taking the Whisperer's paths himself. Mm-hmm. And so that's great. But yeah, I didn't catch that. Nor, I... nor have the Lannisters. Uh, so there's some good news for Ned. A kindness there. Our new king loves her not. Your older girl is still betrothed to Joffrey. Cersei keeps her close. She had pleaded at court for you to be spared. You would have been touched. It was so very sweet. And he leaps forward and just says, I trust you know you are a dead man. I trust you realize, but whatever. Yeah. Same message. Fuck. And Ned says that the queen won't kill me. 
His head is swimming at this point from the strong wine and an empty stomach. Cat holds her brother. And Varys answers, the wrong brother. And lost to her, sadly. She let the imp slip through her fingers. I expect he is dead by now in the mountains of the moon. And so Ned, realizing that that sucks. Kill me now is yeah. basically, like, he's like, just fucking do it. Just fucking end my life. Yeah, if that's the truth, then just do it. There's no, like, there's no way I'm making it out of here. And Varys tells him, your blood is the last thing I desire. And Ned frowns, mentioning that you just stood by while my men were fucking slaughtered and butchered in front of me. And, and that's it. You did not like, after all that's happened, Ned, you can't even put that together. Because Varys replies, and he's like, what the fuck was I supposed to do? I would do it again if the situation you know, came like, up. I'm I was unarmed, unarmed un- unarmored, and surrounded by Lannister swords. I'm not a fucking warrior. Like, sorry, bruh. I'm not going to dive out there and be like, ah, like, you know how the game works now. And he starts to break it down. He says, when I was a young boy, before I was cut, I traveled with a troop of mummers through the free cities. They taught me that each man has a role to play in life as well as in mummery. So it is at court. Yes. And he goes through each one's role, but I really only picked up down. a nice quote at the end. The here. master of whisperers must be sly and without scruple. A courageous informer would be as useless as a cowardly knight. Yeah. And, I mean, that's it. Varys is playing his role. You don't expect the master informer, this, this spy master... To be out on the battlefield. To be out on the battlefield. Absolutely. That's just, that's ridiculous. And so, Ned, it says, Ned studied the eunuch's face, searching for truth beneath the mummer's scars and false stubble. And he asks him if he can free him. And Varys says, I can. Mm. But I won't, Mm-mm. as it would easily be traced right back to me. I'm the person that they would know have, has access to be able to pull that kind of thing off. Ned had expected no more and tells him, you are, you're blunt to say as much. And Varys answers, a eunuch has no honor. A spider does not enjoy the luxury of scruples, my lord. And so Ned asks if at the very least he'll deliver a message. And this is uh, my favorite Varys it's line. It's so good because there's nothing he can do about it anyway. That depends on the message. I will gladly provide you paper and ink. And when you've written what you like, I'll take it and read it and deliver it or not, as best serves my own ends. And Now, I have to say, though, I do think that that's the nicest thing Varys could ever have done for Ned. Because he's basically telling him, like, you can write your wife and kids a, a heartfelt message. Know that if it has any kind of purpose that can be utilized in any way i'm gonna use it i'll use it however i can but if it's just a love letter i'll get it to him like that's the kind of thing that yeah. doesn't matter like it's not if you're or, trying to be tricksy devil right. like you should just fill me in on your tricksy devilness at yeah, this point like but if not then yeah write a letter, letter to your family bro i'll send it out sure why not like and yeah no and varus is being straight up with him and telling him yes you can give me a yeah. letter i'm going to read whatever you write though like and i'm going up. to use that information and if that it's, you put yeah, in yeah if there's something some shocking revelation i don't know i'm going to use it like and, and that's just straight up the truth right. like so ned asks him what ends what ends are those of yours to I'm, what ends man without hesitation Peace. Peace, dude. Peace, Peace, man. He admits he is the one person in King's Landing who truly, truly wanted Robert Baratheon to live. And we know why. And we know it's accurate because of the whole conversation that Arya stumbled across. And we know that they needed the Free City, or the I mean, they needed Westeros to hold their shit together while Danny and Viserys work their shit with Drogo to get ready for Fagon and right. all this other shit. And so they, Varys was tasked by Illyrio to prevent the realm from falling into war. Robert's death would do exactly that. And so yeah. Varys absolutely is being honest here again. He was probably the only person in King's Landing who truly cared yeah. whether Robert lived or died. So he then asked Ned, and I really liked the way he said this one, he asks, what strange fit of madness led you to tell the queen you knew the truth of Joffrey's birth? Mm. What strange fit of madness? So, before we give Ned's answer, there was one thing, other thing he said. He said that, oh. yeah, no, uh, for 15 years I had managed to protect Robert from his enemies, but I could not protect him from his friends. Which essentially is him blaming Ned. Oh, yeah. Like, you came in here... And you did this. You oh, and told Cersei. Because yeah. then he asks him, you know, what led you to tell the queen? What madness? Yeah, and he'll go and, into it further. And that's as well. essentially him saying, like, why the fuck did you do that? Like, that's what killed Robert. 
and Ned and Mitch. The madness of mercy. Of mercy. Of mercy. Patreon. Patreon. Because we know that there is someone else who very much so believes that mercy is not a madness. Is not a madness. But a gift. gift. And so Vera says, ah. You are an honest and honorable man, Lord Eddard. I oft forget that. I have met so few in my life. And Varys looks around the cell and says, Seeing what honesty and honor get you, (laughs) I understand why. Yeah. And so Ned leans back, his legs throbbing, and the king, the the wine's fucking with him. And he says, The king's wine, did you question Lancel Lannister? And Varys says, Oh, indeed. Cersei gave him the wineskin, saying it was a favorite, uh, Robert. Saying it was Robert's favorite vintage, if not the boar, uh, basically, and if not the boar got him something yeah. else. If it have. wasn't the wine, if it wasn't the boar, they, there's they're in the woods on a hunt. Whether it was a stray arrow or a fall off a cliff, the forest is the abattoir of the gods, which essentially is the conduit of the god. Like, and with just the animals that they've been hunting, and the fact that the the white lion Ozymandias. Uh, in the Danny episode, was like a, a messenger of well, the gods. They were out for the heart, the white heart. Yeah, here, in these like... woods, saying that the forest is sort of this messenger the, yeah, of the gods yeah. type thing, was just seems significant to, significant it, to me. And so he finally says, it, "It was not wine that killed the king; it was your mercy." Mm. And so again, driving that knife in, staying, you killed your friend. You did. Ned had feared as much. Gods, forgive me. And again, Varys has just some of the best lines here because I really like how he, like, not that he necessarily believes in the gods, although he heard some whisperings in the fire, he might believe in something. Um, he fears something. He says, if there are gods, they will. I expect they will. Like, he doesn't know the gods. Well, I mean. If there are gods, I expect they will. The queen wouldn't have waited long anyway to kill Robert. Uh, he had become increasingly unruly, and she had needed to get rid of him to deal with his brothers in order for Joffrey to ascend the throne. Quite the pair, Stannis and Renly, the Iron Gauntlet and the Silk Glove. You have been foolish, my lord. You should have heeded Littlefinger when he told you to support Joffrey's succession. Which, now, if we can recall, was a private conversation mm-hmm. between Littlefinger and Ned. How could you know of that? And very like because that's what Ned says. How how the what the what W T fuck bro. Yeah, basically, if you've seen the show, when Bran says to Littlefinger, "Chaos is a ladder," that's the look that's on Ned's face yeah, right here. Yeah, he's done skiing. Hold up, wait, what? And Varys, being all mysterious, just smiles and says, "I know that's all that need concern you. I also know that the Queen will be visiting you on the morrow." And Ned asks, "What for?" And so uh, Varys kind of breaks it down here, what's happening outside the realm. He says, Cersei is frightened of you, my lord, but she has other enemies she fears more. Jaime is currently fighting the River Lords, even now. Lysa Arryn sits atop the Eyrie, and in Dorne, the Martells still brood on the murder of Princess Elia and her babes. Now your son marches south with a northern host. <gasps> down the neck. Robbie boy! Rob is only a boy, Ned says aghast. And Varys mm-hmm. says, a boy with an army. I wrote down aghast because I just really like how he's hes just so taken aback by it. I'm he's shocked aghast. he didn't see Rob calling the banner. Like, he knows Roderick. He knows Lewin. Like, well, and he told Catelyn to call the banner. That, like, that's it. Who else is, Who is gonna, gonna Like, Catelyn's not going to ride at the head of this like, hoe. She can't, like, because of the, the, the gender roles in this society. So, like, I don't know why that came as such a shock to him, but... Yeah, he says it's the king's brothers that are the ones giving Cersei sleepless nights. Especially Stan is the manis. His claim is true, and he is known for his battle prowess, and he is utterly without mercy. This is the third time mercy has been brought up in this yes, chapter. Yes. The, the word is being drilled into our head with Ned Stark and mercy and fuck. And his death coming. So he says uh, that Cersei's worried that Stannis is going to land on the shores of King's Landing while T- Tywin and Jaime are distracted by the Riverlands and everything up north and just claim the throne, lop off Joffrey's head, post it out in front on the gates, and then Cersei's as well. And then he says, though, I truly believe she cares more bo- about the boy. Yeah. Um, Which is astute as fuck. 
the fact that he's I think that's an incredibly important thing to be noticing this early on because we don't get Cersei point of view chapters for a bit and that is her driving focus is her children and the fact that we get from and it's again we don't know that we should be trusting Varys we don't know that we should be taking anything he says as accurate Mm -hmm. or true but Usually, for in my opinion, a lot of what Varys says yeah, is the most that's, true. That's bullshit. We are a full spoiler reread at this point. Up to Dance Dragon, I trust Varys. Like I, I think I don't yeah. think he's fully revealed because I I have said it before. I believe the Fagon thing. He's like a I black think, fire. yeah, I think he may be a Blackfire or Illyrio may be yeah, a yeah. Blackfire and are attempting to put that son back on the throne, but. Like I don't, so I don't think he's entirely truthful. But I think the information he's the giving information us, he's giving. I think it's just he's someone who's backing another player, and he's just sort of presenting it as yeah. peace for the realm because of this one ruler that I've chosen. So, exactly. Like I, I trust him in what he's saying, and that I trust people in this story to be self-serving for their own ends. So all this stuff that he's feeding Ned, Ned Stark is no longer a threat. Ned Stark has been removed from Mm -hmm. the board. He has no sway, no power. The best, the best he can hope for is is to be freed from this by his son and River Run joining for it. But that's not going to happen. There's no way currently that that's going to happen soon before he dies of infection or whatever. Exactly. And then, so yeah, the only other thing would be him being freed by these people, which isn't going to fucking happen. So the wall. And then he'll have no power there. So yeah, Varys doesn't mind kind of telling him the truth and laying it out. I just thought that it was incredibly interesting that from that character, that we do take so much stock in what he says, he, I truly believe she cares more about her son than herself. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's something that, again, we are told this early on. Yeah, that it's that that's driving her... for. That's her motive, mm-hmm. yeah. He also, just one last note on Stannis, says that there is no creature half so terrifying as a truly just man, which Stannis is. Yeah. So it says that Stannis is the true heir, and I would welcome his ascent, Ned replies. And Varys tisks. That is not what Cersei wants to hear tomorrow. Stannis may win, but only your head will remain if you don't guard that tongue of yours, Lord Stark. And Sansa begged so sweetly. Cersei is no fool. She knows that a tame wolf is more use than a dead one. And Ned kind of goes off here, saying, You ask me to serve the woman who murdered my king, butchered my men, and crippled my son? And then Varys kind of gives it right back. You would be serving the realm. I want you to serve the realm. Confess to your vile treason. Tell your son to lay down his sword and proclaim Joffrey as heir. Denounce Stannis and Renly as traitors. And take her se- promise to take her secret to your grave. You'll be allowed to take the black and live out your days at the wall with your bastard son and brother. And ben the, thought Uncle of, ben said. the thought of John. Filled Ned with a sense of shame and a sorrow too deep for words. If only he could see the boy again, sit and talk with him. Pain shoots through his leg immediately. So, can we... All right. (laughs) Like, because this John moment gives him such pause, but he literally has been thinking about Lyanna and Rhaegar. Yeah. It's only at this point where it's Jon specifically who comes up in his head, and then he's filled with the shame over that. Like, because normally it's just the lie. It's the promise. It's the promise me Ned. That's normally how he just kind of compartmentalizes all of it, is it's the promise me Ned that encompasses his feelings about Rhaegar and Lyanna and Robert and fucking Jon Snow and all that shit. And so... The fact that... Now, he's going to be... He pauses with the shame and sorrow. Yeah. And so, obviously, holding the secret, keeping it a secret, this specific secret is the shame. The sorrow, I think, is purely the... I have to tell him that his parents are both dead. Yeah. And that his parents and him, specifically, are the cause for all this war that occurred. Well, I think it's, like, it's almost more of, like... Your parents were good people. Like they, they died because they loved each other, and like that was they did. They wanted you to live. That's why they kept it a secret. And I think that's the weight of it. Is like 
how because Ned knows John and he knows John would take on the weight of Robert's rebellion right, right. and pull it onto it. And so I think that's what Ned is worried about is it's going to destroy this kid. To they know died and caused all this with all the lies that John you. has been fed, like about what actually happened, Rhaegar raping Lyanna and all that. Like, yeah, it essentially would be yeah. They Ra- Robert's rebellion happened because of you, and so sucks to yeah. suck. But you're a Targaryen, technically. Finger guns. And so, yeah, it's a shitty situation, but it's just interesting that it's mainly his thoughts about Lyanna and Robert and Rhaegar's relationship up until he mentions going to the Wall himself. And then he's like, oh, yeah, John's up there. Fuck. I'd have to talk to that little fucker and explain some shit. Yeah, and I do like that then he has the physical affirmation of the pain shooting through his leg as well, almost like it's this painful twinge of yeah fucking a so he asks Varys is this your scheme or are you in league with Littlefinger he thinks that's fucking hysterical which again now we're going to get some discreditation towards Littlefinger from one of Cat- Ned's early chapters I yeah I, I have a lot to say about this so Varys yeah it says that seems to amuse Varys and he says that he would rather marry some fucking shitty lord but he says Littlefinger is the most is the second most dangerous devious man in the kingdoms I feed him just enough to make him think that I am his just as I do with Queen Cersei I don't think Var- if Littlefinger ever thinks Varys is his. No, I think well cause I like that well, just remember. sounds blundery to me that's Ned because he said, uh, and Varys, like, Littlefinger, I don't think it's So is his. it Varys trying to distance himself between Littlefinger being a cunt to Ned and Varys being here, like... So I think... Whereas Varys is probably aware that Littlefinger is going to betray Ned with the gold cloak. So he's like, nah, like, Var- right, right. Littlefinger kind of... I-, I keep him at arm's length because mm-hmm. I yeah. deal with him when well, I can. Well, because he... So or Littlefinger he... told Cat that he has... Varus by, Varus by the balls, yeah, and it's I think essentially this back just, and forth with just, them. I think it's more so Varus saying, "I let Littlefinger think that. That's how I want our relationship to be." Yeah, he thinks he thinks that I serve him, and so Littlefinger believes every word that comes from Varus, and he doesn't realize that there's stuff that he's withholding from him. Littlefinger thinks. See, he's I on think top. it's more I, equal footing on I, the, on the reverse, where like they both are. Not arrogant, but they both think they kind of have a little more information than the other guy. So they both, because they both have said this at this point. Varys is mine. Littlefinger right, is right. mine. And so it's. I think they both are thinking that they have so the upper I agree. hand. I think that. But not, they're both kind of equal as I far as I their knowledge. I think Varys has way more knowledge. I think you're right about the 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 wider machinations. But Littlefinger is pulling these straight, like... I think he's got more information on his own schemes. Like, do you think Varys knows Lysa Aaron? Like, he doesn't know that Lysa Aaron killed John Aaron. Like, he doesn't know about uh, that. Like, so that's what I mean is Littlefinger's got more of the the centralized. For his specific schemes. For what what Littlefinger's doing. Whereas Varys is tied to Varys has Cersei's information, Pycelle's information, Littlefinger, like what Littlefinger's given him, but more than Littlefinger thinks he has. And the kings. And he has all of them, whereas Littlefinger has what Varys has given him about Cersei, plus his own stuff that he's got about Cersei, but not nearly as much as Varys. Well, how like how do we know that? How do we... It's, it's all speculation, but Varys has the little birds working for him. Varys has hired spies. The children are a different but set of rules. But Littlefinger ruthlessly pays people and then kills his informant. Like, you know, like, so it's... it's And that and that's the whole point of these two, I think, is yeah, to be to this... See, the, see who's, who's who, climbing yeah. higher. But Littlefinger goes about it so differently that I... I think it's kind of it's I, just dumb to like th- assume that Varys has more in there cuz again I think Varys is self-serving. I think he wants to well, promote the Blackfire family more than anything. Yeah. And so while he plays it off like I'm so tied in, like I want peace for the world, man. I want peace under the peace that I decide right. is right. Littlefinger wants that just in a more villainous way. Yeah, yeah. Where he's more blatant about, yeah, no, I want to rule everything. No, yeah, it's not to else. say that Varys is, is good. And so I think it's Varys thinks he's more see, connected and tied in, but they probably are on the equal footing of See, I still don't think it, so. having fingers in the pot. I feel like just with the bir- the little birds, they have and 
Varys has knowledge of the workings of the city, where it is, how it works, where the paths are, the secret tunnels. Littlefinger has his his brothels. He knows the thing. He or doesn't two. need the the paths. Well, he, and his he information knows, is well, brought and to he does, him. He does know some, but Varys doesn't need the paths either because he has all the birds bringing his information. Yeah, but he uses the, I, like I gotta assume that it's not just little birds like going out. Well, and, not to mention, but like all he his... hides them in the paths where it's oh, like yeah. you stay here by this room because you can hear and hear. Definitely. Right down well, he also he has his hear. plans. Yeah. And everything. Everything. Uh, I just feel like he has, and again, it's all just my what I think because we don't actually. Yeah, know, yeah, no, And that's what I think point. is fun about it is they probably are on similar footing. I feel like Varys has a wider network, and so he has tends to have more knowledge. Again, you uh, you're correct. I think that Littlefinger has those specifics. I'm making these and pulling these strings to get myself yeah, yeah, further yeah. and higher and better. Yo, I just I don't know about like the network cuz he's the he's the master of coin. Like he he's got motherfuckers in the free cities that he's talking to, the Iron Bank. Illyrian like, so does Varys. I mean, I know, <laughs> but like Varys again is he's focused on like Danny. Like he he's not I highly doubt that Varys has motherfucker. Like, yeah, he's but getting like notes and he's stuff. He's on Danny a... now, but he was also with, with Ares. He's been around a lot longer than Littlefinger. Uh, listeners, I would like to know what you guys like. Yeah, who like... has who has the better network at this point in the story? Is is Varys more tied into what's actually fucking happening in or the world? Is or Littlefinger is Littlefinger pulling those strings, pulling a little the bit strings better. a little bit more? Like, who has who by the balls in all actuality? Because they've both made this claim. So who ha- like? And I think that's the whole point of it. Is I don't think either of them are. Ahead, like as far as collective knowledge, he might know one little snippet about a person that he doesn't know, or but then he has one. Yeah, like Littlefinger could know that Tyrion left the Eyrie. Littlefinger probably does know that little Tyrion left the Eyrie. In all fucking actuality, Lysa probably wrote him immediately. Probably, and so like Littlefinger's probably the only person in the realms that knows Tyrion Lannister. Like might be around like just in an example specification whereas Varys doesn't know that and like that's the up that they think they have on the other guy but they also know something else so it's this constant who knows more we just went on a whole spiel about that yeah that was pretty hard let us know what you guys think sorry about that we'll get back on I love those two in their little game and their fucking amusingness so yeah Anyway, let me find my place in my So, notes. Ned finally asks, uh, he's, who, uh, who yeah. do you truly serve? Who do you, f- like, cut the games, man. And so Varys tells him, why the realm, of course? However could you doubt that? And he asks Ned for his word that you will tell Cersei what she needs to hear. He's still trying to stop war. That's yeah. what his game is I serve here. the realm, and the realm needs peace. So, the, I mean, again, the peace that he needs to buy time till his... Plan Plans, can kick uh, into action, but yeah. So he says, "Tell sir, tell tell me that you're gonna tell Cersei what she wants to hear when she comes." And Ned says, "And if I did give you my word, it would be as hollow as an empty suit of armor. My life is not so precious to me as that." And Varys says, "Pity. What about your daughter's life, my lord? How precious is that to you?" And it says, "A chill pierced Ned's heart. Surely you didn't think I had forgotten your daughter. The queen certainly hasn't." And Ned just starts to lose. Please, yeah. Please, gods have mercy. Do as you like with me, but leave my daughter out of your schemes. She's no more than a child. So was... And I can't believe he fucking just pulls this out. As you hit it. I don't care. I'm excited. I hit the mic. All right, read it. Oh, I wasn't going to read the whole thing. But I don't have it, so like... This is is supporting one of my favorite theories. Rhaegar's daughter, Rhaenys... Was a child, too. Precious little thing. Younger than your girls. She had a small black kitten named Balerion. I always wondered what happened to him. Rainey's pretended he was the true Balerion, the Black Dread. But I imagine the Lannisters taught her the difference quick enough between a kitten and a dragon mm. when they broke down her door. And Varys sighed. The sigh of a man who carried all the sadness of the world in a sack on his shoulders. Why is it that the innocents are the ones who suffer most when you high, go- ga- high lords play your Game of Thrones? So, this right here, to me, explains his motives. All of Varys' Aris- motives. He's a pissed off small folk. He's a, he's a pissed off... I, I don't think it's just small folk. Like, it's... 
and this this is the interesting one. This one kind of just goes against the Blackfire one. This is where if Aegon is Aegon true, right? Like it's the it's the children. Like he's remembering this sweet innocent little girl right, who right. used to play with a kitten. Like she died because she had the name Targaryen. Like that was the it. End. Like she. She named this fucking little tiny kitten after a terrible, terrible beast of a dragon, and it was fucking adorable. And then she was killed because the high game, the high lords were playing the yeah. Game of Thrones. Like it, it's just that right there. Varys is like and the yeah, innocent. He's using he, that to drive home the sons of things. Whatever his end game is, Varys wants the innocents to stop dying, whether that's under a king he chooses or. Whatever, Whatever else's endgame might be. Yeah, he wants innocence to stop being brutally murdered for no reason. So he tells him, ponder it while you wait for the queen. And and this, the oh. next visitor, could you bring you bread and cheese and milk of the poppy? Or they could bring you Sansa's head. The choice, my lord, hand, is entirely yours. And that's the end of Ned's last chapter in A Game of Thrones. So, yeah, Varys is essentially saying, give them what they want or they're probably going to kill your daughter. And you can just, you know, maybe live. Maybe. And which is, this is also where this is setting up the shock and awe yes. for Joffrey. Because if Varys, who we just, I mean, we just ranted about how truthful and trustworthy he is, potentially. If he's saying, I feel like you will be sent to the wall. The ultimate political maneuverist, yeah. you know, here. Now, that's not to say, also, Cersei thinks that he's going to be going to the wall. Yeah. If she had planned on, like, if he gave the confession, gave his word, the Honorable Ned Stark, she would have probably allowed that. Oh, they were yeah, going yeah, to. Yeah. They yeah, were going she to was gonna, yeah. And then Joffrey fucking jumps she, right yeah, in. Yeah, Joffrey is so. the petulant child. So you got an idea? Yeah, um, I'm... <sighs> yes, I do. I was going to give it to two. I'll give it to just the one. It's going to Stannis. Because he's... We haven't seen this motherfucker yet. <laughs> we don't know who Stannis is besides being the king's brother. That's all we've got so far. Cersei is terrified of this motherfucker. Mm. Ned, Honorable Ned Stark, the one, the protagonist that we've been rooting for since chapter what, four or whatever when he gets his first chapter. Um, he wrote asking this guy for help. Like, who the fuck is this imposing son of... Fuck yeah, man. Yeah. Stannis the man is the one true king. Inducted for sure, no problems. I was thinking about bringing in the silk glove also, just because he's also worrying. Because he, you know, and as funny as it is to think about Renly sitting the throne, yeah. Um, and I've made the arguments for it in an attempt to. It doesn't. It it doesn't work. There's no um, argument for he's it. He's still down in Highgarden. Yeah. Who are a major house and capable of raising some serious forces and taking some shit out. Fuck yeah. So, do you have a... Yeah, mine's going a little finger. Little one. Because he's not even in this chapter, but he's in this chapter a lot. He's in this a lot. And his presence in Ned's thoughts. And, and like, that's just kind of what I like. Is like, just in a few short months here in King's Landing, Littlefinger has basically attributed himself to the level of, like, the Rhaegar Lyanna thing where like when Ned is having these fever dreams Littlefinger is it's now also thrown in there among them just in his lies and these and and the, the the fact that Littlefinger seems to for Ned Stark represent the epitome of the lie where it was Littlefinger's face that the way I viewed it Ned's pale moth lies were coming out of his mouth so yeah. Littlefinger is like the catalyst of all Every, lies yeah, and absolutely. so yeah Littlefinger for this that fucking overwhelming presence and then obviously the spiel we went on about the two power but as we said our yeah, so, correspondence for the week had some inductees of their own for this chapter right so starting with uh, Julian again from France he for Ned 15 inducts King Robert he is very present in Ned's dream as a memory of the great warrior he was 15 years ago and as a memory of the best friend Ned has always had. I'd love to read more George R.R. R. Martin's words about the Robert of the Rebellion. I absolutely agree mm -hmm. with you. He also said, Valar, whatever you like, you know, Valar de Harris, Valar Mogulis, whichever one. Deharius. Deharius, Deharius, and all, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, 
P.S. Never told you, but I... Oh, okay, yeah, we'll definitely keep up the impressions. Oh, yeah, you shouldn't have told us that. That, yeah, was, that was bad, because we have so much fun with doing it, and yeah, we thought we... they were getting annoying, but the fact that even one person out there likes it... The rest of you are putting up with them again. We are Sorry. not pleased. <laughs> well, we are pleased. Very but... pleased. Thank you for writing in, Julie, and we look forward to all of your inductees. I think, actually, you've already sent in yours for our next chapter yeah. recording, so we are all set there on that one. Uh, let's move on to the other inductees. Yeah, so the Not So Silent Sisters. Um, beforehand, they they also mentioned uh, the the colors, the the gray that popped up a lot, and they mentioned the other color that accompanied him, the red, the blood red. Yeah. And then just because we actually didn't touch on it, and I meant to, they mentioned uh, Rainis's kitten, Balerian. I didn't want to get too much into and it. And about what happened to him, and they say that Arya's been chasing him around the keep. That's what. And so we had actually touched on it with the sisters Arya. back in Arya when she was chasing him. And we mentioned that we'll bring it up also again during the chapters in, in Feast. Feast or Feast. whichever one where Tommen's playing with uh, Balerion. Yeah. Or not playing with, but, but commenting on. Balerion's a fucking badass. Yeah, essentially it's thought that this is the same cat. This is Rainey's kitten, the mean old Tom cat that's been around King's Landing for fucking yeah. ever because it's the mean one. And Nate's a sucker for kitties. And so it's I just, can't yeah, help no, myself. it's just great. And they mention that they think uh, Varys is very much aware that Balerion is still skulking about the castle. Oh, absolutely. And so for this chapter, Unsepta Brandy will be inducting her arguably favorite character, Lord Varys. Yeah. He's enigmatic and elusive and impossible to read. I'm really glad that I inducted Littlefinger because cool. uh, Varys was my other choice and I couldn't decide which one. He, uh, it is, truly, is it truly peace he seeks? That is the question. He asserts his decisions are based on what best serves his own ends. So what does peace mean to him? You just said it so much fucking better than we I've spent been trying like to minutes. for an hour and one minute at this point. <laughs> so thank you so much for that, Brandy. Uh, you are an honest and honorable man, Lord Eddard. Oft times, I forget that. I have met so few of them in my life. When I see what honesty and honor have won you, I understand why. It was not wine that killed the king, it was your mercy. Just slinging spider bombs left and right. I am absolutely ecstatic that you came out with spider bombs. So, we're gonna, we're gonna break it down real quick. Lost, one of my favorite television shows mm. ever. Since I have watched that show, I have had a thing called Lock Bombs, which is the character in it. John Locke likes to walk around and just drop some fucking knowledge on people, and it's the best moments of the show. And they were Lock Bombs. And so since that moment, it's been a thing with yes. us now, that whenever someone comes in and just fucking hits drops someone knowledge, with a mic drop, it's a lock. It's bomb. a lock bomb. Now, early on when we were recording some of our first episodes for the first chapters of this and met Varys the first time or two, after the episode, we had actually sat there and said, we need to think of something. Varys Bombs is too mouthy. Varys Bombs you doesn't can't work. do it. You just fucking... Spider Bombs. Spider Bombs. Spider Bombs. So that will be the new thing when Varys comes in, especially at the end of Dance. I'm probably, just for that hour, going to be screaming for the epilogue spider chapter of Dance. Just Spider Bombs, Spider Bombs, Spider Bombs. That's going to be great. So... Thank, Thank you. you so much, Unceptive uh, Brandy. We always appreciate your guys' emails. As always, they always say, all men must die, but we are not men. So, Julian, Silent Sisters, thank you guys so much for writing in. Those were our thoughts, their thoughts, and opinions on Eddard 15. Yeah. Next, we're going to be reading Catelyn 9. And that's going to be an interesting one, meeting Lord Walder Frey. Lord Frey. And we're just... Ned Stark doesn't have much time, ladies and gentlemen, and so we're getting to the wrapping up of a book one of A Song of Ice and Fire. Yeah, it's coming close. Getting and close. so, uh, if actually, you... as as we do approach the end, we, we, we're we planning it out. We're starting to block some things out. Um, there might be a uh, slight hiatus between books, but not too much. We're thinking maybe uh, two weeks at most of without an episode, but that's mainly just so we can backlog some episodes, so... Definitely start thinking about some inductees for then, because we will still obviously want all your inductees that you can yeah, send. Yeah. And so we'll, as we get closer, there's still plenty of chapters left in a ga uh, 
Game of Thrones right now. That for and us that's just pre planning. Yeah, We're just planning, sure just throwing that out yet, there. But... We're not sure how long of a break or what. We just want to be able to have a backlog of some yeah. note taking that we're able to do so we can catch up. And... But that's not for another few months yet, still. Anyway, we'll shoot you so another warning. In the meantime, hit us up. We can be reached through email without manners, brotherhood at gmail.com. I'm on Twitter at Manners Without. Carstark92. Zach is on uh, Twitter at Carstark92. We're on Facebook, facebook.com slash Brotherhood Podcast. And the Instagram is the same as Nate's Twitter at Manners Without. Lastly, we have our Patreon, patreon.com slash Without Manners. Uh, let us know what you guys think or what you want to hear and what your inductees are. All the all the usual stuff we ask for. Leave us a rate and review. We're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. We uh we were using the app Podcoin for a bit there, but they are they're not going to. It was a a, a test app. So if you were listening there, please don't stop listening. Go find us. We're on all those places, you know, CastBox and Breaker and you name it. You're rambling like a motherfucker. So the not to date this episode, but uh, at the time of this recording, Borderlands 3 has just come out, and there's been some fun Game of Thrones Easter eggs in there. Yeah, uh, some s- sweet skins referencing Game of Thrones. And... Not to mention the, the pre uh, prequel trailer for one of the new... Prequels announcing yeah, all the, that shit. The, the Age of Heroes. A, uh, and, the Valerian. Uh, Valerian, right. Yeah, the Fire and Blood fuck. stuff. Yes. So it's looking great. It's cool. Something Things else are, for people to bitch about all know, the time. And whatever. I love it. So remember, kids, Magor the Cool says don't do drugs. Valor to Harris. Peace. Peace.